0: This is not an astrology podcast this is the human
1: condition and it's a
0: piece of shit oh, oh my god i feel like every time we start these episodes i mean oh wait, wait hold on a second how many times have we tried to start this episode specifically because fucking mercury retrograde has been too much if you
1: still don't believe that mercury retrograding affects your daily life you are in deep 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 denial and i'm sorry for you just accept mercury's ass fucking like a good bitch and <laughs> with it like the rest of us stop being so contrary i'm over it i've had it look at everything that's happening around us come on
0: Yeah, I don't know who we thought we were trying to record an episode in the first, like the beginning parts of The Retrograde 2. And we know full well that The Retrograde is always at its strongest at the beginning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We tried on three separate days to record last week. Four. I think we tried (laughs) five.
1: I think every day either I was like, it's a no. Or you were like, 800 horrible things happened to me.
0: (laughs) Okay, I have to tell the story of what happened on the first day we were supposed to record. Because that was a shit show of a day for
1: me. It, it's going to be like um like a, that Christmas song. On the first day of recording, Samantha said to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So so I've been staying at Scorpio Man's house. And uh, his his front door is kind of fucked up. And it takes like a very specific way to open it. I don't have a ton of patience for most things. <laughs> So if I can't get it on the first couple tries, I'm just like, oh, that's it. It's over. I can't open the door, whatever. On Monday of last week, he had to work. So I was at the house and uh, went to take Phoebe out for a walk. And we always take Phoebe's collar off at night and on a pretty regular basis I always forget that we do that and in the morning I go to take her out for a walk and we'll be halfway down the street and I'll be like shit you don't have your collar on because like I don't have to Phoebe's really good at walking so I don't have to um put her on a leash right away um it's really only in like specific situations crossing the street if there's a bunch of dogs around I'll put her on her leash but otherwise like I can just walk down the street with her and she just follows beside me So Monday I get outside, I close the door. We, we had taken maybe five steps away from the house and I realize she doesn't have her collar on, but I have her leash. Um, but so I go to try to open the door. I can't open the door. I tried for maybe half an hour to open the door and it was not opening. I like, you know, starting to lose my mind. And eventually I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take her for a walk anyways. It'll just be a shorter walk and we'll figure it out. So I decided to use the leash. I like did this weird loop thing with it. So it could still be a collar sort of around her. We're walking down the street and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, please, Lord, like, don't make me have to pee anytime soon. Like, I just, I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to deal with that. You know, it's winter. So I've got 17 layers on. I'm in a subdivision in the East end. There's nowhere discreet to pee, uh, but you know, it's a pandemic. So there's nothing open for me to nowhere for me to pee at, you know, so many different things going through my head. Right. So we're walking down the street and we're almost at the park. I'm taking her to and she she needs to take a shit. And I'm like, that's fine. I packed bags. No, actually <laughs> I go into my pocket. There were no poop bags in my pocket. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, cool. So all the poop bags that I, pulled out are sitting on the table in front of the door in the apartment. I'm like, oh my God. And it's like on someone's front lawn too. And I'm just like, please Lord, like don't let anybody be seeing this happen right now because I literally had nothing on me that I could even MacGyver for a bag. So then I like grab her and I'm like, Phoebe, we have to go really fast. We have to go really fast. I like run back to Scorpio man's house. And I'm like, maybe there's something in the garbage bin that I can use. I can find in the garbage bin to like, raccoon time, raccoon time. (laughs) So I'm like climbing, basically climbing into this fucking garbage bin at the side of the house. Phoebe's just staring at me like, what is this woman doing? I'm just like rummaging through garbage, trying to find something. I see something at the very bottom of the bin and, uh, I pull it out thinking I'm like, oh, this this looked like it was going to be a bag. I pull it out and it was fucking gift wrapping. But like, you know, the like set like the clear cellophane gift wrapping that people like wrap gift baskets in. That's what it was. And it was like covered in like cake shit and bacon grease. And I was just like, I don't have another option. I have to go pick up this poo. So I like hustle my way back. And now there's people standing outside like a couple houses down, but they like saw me coming and they watched me as I like, pick up this pile of dog shit with this fucking cellophane gift wrapping paper and basically just have this like sack of gift wrap shit in my hand i don't even have a way to tie it up and i'm walking down the street i'm like i don't where do i even throw this out there's no garbage bins around here so i'm like trying to find a garbage bin with this fucking gift wrap dog shit that I can throw it out in. And I'm like, I can't, there's no garbage bins anywhere. And then, and then I'm like, oh my God, and now I have to pee. Of course, this is happening. And I just started like, I'm like, oh my God, Sam, just like keep it together for just like half a second. You there, you know where there's some garbage bins. Anyways, I end up finding a garbage bin. It was like over by a hill that a bunch of kids were tobogganing on and all their parents were standing around. And I was like, how do I discreetly dispose? Of this gift strap ship anyways got rid of that head back to the house try to open the door again because i can't uh because i i need to get inside and i still can't and then milo hears me so then milo starts jumping at the door and i'm like trying to convince milo to open it um because it's like a lever door handle and he understands the concept of doorknob so he kept like jumping up and like pulling on it eventually we got in but it was like a whole three-hour endeavor, probably. Um, and uh, it was, like, halfway through that whole situation. I texted you, and I was like, so I don't think I'm going to be able to record today? Just, like, things just keep piling on top of each other. I was like, yeah, uh, today's, today's a write-off for me. You were
1: like, hey, I don't think today, like, maybe later, because I have this and this. I'm like, it sounds like you're having a chaotic fucking shit show day. It's really okay. No one's going to miss it that much. Oh my Lord. You really went through it that day. I felt for you. I'm like, I feel like your day was like, you know, in infomercials where they show the person just fucking dropping everything and like spilling it all over them. They're like, you need this device. Like yeah. I wish I had that device for you. Cause it was just not good.
0: Yeah. It was, it was, it was an infomercial day to say the
1: least. Mm. Oh. And then we tried, we tried to record a few times. You were having some internet issues. Yeah. You, like, ordered a new internet dongle, Wi-Fi dongle, and then it didn't dongle
0: at all. Yeah, it was so bizarre. It, like, I ordered it, I plugged it in, the computer, like, accepted it, downloaded the file and everything, I had it set up, was able to watch the Raptors game with no issues that the night I installed it, and then the next day, we hit play, or we hit record, and then I, my internet cut out in, like, three seconds.
1: Yeah, we barely made it through the intro. Yeah, So it's just been a lot. And I think right now, I'm sure everybody's feeling it, with, um, especially with digital communication and technology not working, because not only is Mercury retrograding, but it's retrograding in Aquarius, along with four or five other planets, depending on the date. Aquarius is a sign for digital global communication kind of goes further so there's a lot of things gone amiss you know a lot of like shit getting lost in the mail and like connections not working zoom links not adding up you know just stupid shit like that and just just big global miscommunication in total so very very important for us to remember that and to excuse it a little bit and just to not hold ourselves or anyone to such a high standard right now, or at least until February 20th, then roast them. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the end of this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's Saturday
0: or something. Tomorrow's the 17th. Yeah. Tomorrow is the 17th.
1: I mean, only the greatest person on the planet was born on February 17th,
0: Paris Hilton. (laughs) I was definitely going to go with Anya, but I mean, sure. Paris Hilton. It's our Aquarian angel's birthday tomorrow. By the time people are listening to this, it'll probably have passed, but make sure you wish her a happy belated. If you didn't wish her one on her day of.
1: Thank you. I'm going to try to have the episode up by tomorrow. Cause I have nothing else to do. Well, nothing else I want to do. Um, but I've been, I've been having, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. And all of um, all of our peeps who are listening that are older, then us are going to be a roll. I know you're going to groan and cringe and roll your eyes, but I am having a really hard time turning 32. I don't know what it is. 30 was a breeze. Well, nothing's ever been a breeze for me ever. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. But 30 was like fine, I think because by the time I was like 20, 29, I'm like I'm pretty much fucking 30, whatever. Like what's going to change? I'm fucking married. I I have a career like whatever. And I turned 30 and it was fine. 31 was great. Loved it. It was the last time I saw a big group of people was uh, February 17th (laughs) and literally everything shut down three weeks later. So this year, I I don't think it's because I'm in isolation or anything like that, but it's I'm like, holy fuck. Like I was just saying to my husband, I'm like, 20-year-old me meeting a 32-year-old, I'd be like, oh my God, you're an adult. (laughs) And I'm so not in so many ways, but then I'm like aging and shit at the same time. So I'm like, I have the maturity of a fucking 17 year old, but the crow's feet of like a 32 year old, it's just, it's just not good. I'm not having a good time. I'm not excited. I'm not going to lie to you guys.
0: (laughs) I feel you. I can, I feel like I can understand that because like, I see, I see like where your thought process is going. Like you know, 30 and 31, it's like still very fresh into your 30s. Once you're 32, you're like, no, I'm fully in my 30s. And like, now I'm supposed to be an adult and have all these things figured out. Yeah, There's like a different kind of pressure that gets put on you once you get deeper into your life. Right. And I'm sure that, you know, our listeners who are older than us are definitely rolling their eyes. They're like, bitch, we don't have shit figured out either. And we're in our 40s, in our 50s, and our 60s, whatever it is, but for sure I could see how 32 would be like a really weird, I even had, had that thought the other day, like not in a bad way, but I was like counting, and I was like, holy shit, you're turning 32, and I was like, whoa, 32? <laughs> I've got a couple girlfriends who are turning 32 this year, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that's like, it's like a whole adult age or something, right? Like exactly what you said, like if I met somebody in my early 20s, who was 32, I've been like, yo, you like probably, you know, have your full license and drive a car and stuff, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can't relate.
0: Can't yeah, relate. Cannot relate.
1: I think, I think it's a combination of things for me. I think it's the fact that it, we are retrograding. And another thing that does happen in retrogrades is stuff gets brought up from the past. I think retrogrades are a time for us to learn, to be challenged and to learn and to overcome things. And because the trajectory is moving backwards, it it can feel regressive. So I I was, I went for a long walk actually. And I met you and Phoebe. If if anyone hasn't figured it out yet, Phoebe is a dog. Um, (laughs) Not Sam's like sex slave on a leash.
0: (laughs) Milo's a cat. (laughs) oh we'll we'll do like features of them so people can keep track
1: yeah um but yeah we I went for a really long walk and um met you at the park and Phoebe for a bit and I was walking back I had about a two-hour walk home after and I was like I like to walk and make playlists as I go and I made this playlist and I'm like holy shit this is all music I listened to when I was like 15 16 that I have not listened to since it's been double that time and I wanted it wasn't
0: it's like mindless self-indulgence and stuff.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was into that when I was like more like 12, 13. <laughs> but it was it was some goth bops. If anybody That's- wants Anya's 15-year-old regressive
0: goth bop playlist, I got you. No, we should make some playlists for sure.
1: Yes. Um, that would be great, actually. I've seen a lot of podcasts and like people on Instagram do their own. Playlists and I never like them, so I—it's I, finally time for me to make my own that I would like. I feel like yours would be like stripper rap, <laughs> and mine will be rap that strippers would never strip to. They would put <laughs> the on and leave.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I'm done here.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm leaving. This is strange and uncomfortable. Oh. But it's so I think it's that it's the fact that like I, I keep remembering things from the past and from different kind of chapters of my life and you know it feels like the third chapter the third decade that I'm like fully immersed in now and I'm like what's this gonna bring and then on top of that all the fucking shit I wore when I was like young and I was never cool but I thought I was cool is cool again and these Gen Z's think they invented it and I know exactly how You know, all the remember when we worked in the salon together and all the older gals would be like, oh, we used to wear that back in the day or like a hair trend would come and they'd be like, oh, we used to do that in the 70s or 80s. It's the same shit. And we're like, why are you such a hater? And now, like, I am that hater. I'm like, fuck your tearaway pants. Like we have tearaway pants. That's weird. I I won't lie. I've been shopping for a pair of (laughs) tearaways. I have a pair. (laughs) I was wearing it yesterday. I mean, it, look, it's great. I'm happy to embrace that fashion all over again.
0: Yeah, I'm me too. Down.
1: I, I never fully left it. So it's not going to be hard for me. I keep reading that the cry laughing emoji is done. I heard that too. Millennials mm-hmm. have killed it. Apparently that's over. Yeah, it's like side parts. Side yeah, part. I heard. side parts. What the hell? <laughs> so everyone has to part their hair in the middle. What about a zigzag part?
0: bring it back I bet, I bet you they're gonna bring back the zigzag part
1: Ugh, sure. it should have never left i mean it's
0: so- here's the one thing that i've been like really appreciating of like people clapping back at the side part thing is like a bunch of people and like n- you know some of us have fucking widow's peaks and cowlicks bitch like <laughs> we, we need the side part i was like amen yeah, yeah. I'm like i look like dwight shrewd with a middle part so no <laughs> it's
1: not gonna happen i want to be cute not shrewd so. <laughs> That's that. Skinny jeans are out, apparently. Mom jeans and, like, pants, flares, boot cut. That's all coming back or is back already.
0: I don't... I, like, I saw some pictures of myself in fucking boot cut, slightly flared jeans recently from, like, back in the day, and I was like, oh, honey, no. It's just not... I mean, like, I'm sure that it's going to be reinvented in a way that, like... Like it's going to be cute and like, it's going to be styled. Well, I just, I don't know. I'm waiting for the ultra low rise to come back in with like the, with like the crisscross, like tie as your, as the way to tie it up as opposed to just like the standard belt or zipper and buckle. With the, <laughs> the, waiting for the
1: that. song sticking out or no? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely on, on the way coming back. Like very like extina yeah style jeans and all that is definitely coming back and I mean power to you you'll never see me in that it never happened once it won't it's not gonna happen in 32 honey
0: oh my god I remember when I was a kid it was like the cooler you were the higher your thong came up out of your pants Mm -hmm. and my mom refused to let me wear thongs Mm -hmm. so I was like in this very strange spot of like I want to look cool like everybody else, but I'm not even—I don't even own the underwear to make me look cool. So like, I can't even properly wear low-rise jeans because I'm still wearing like classic briefs because I'm 12. And like, my mom had every right to be like, "You're not wearing a thong. You're 12 years old." But I still like think back, and I'm like, you know, it's like that—that—that that, that saying like the higher the hair, the closer to God. It was like the higher the thongs, <laughs> the cooler cool you're.
1: I, I don't want to finish that sentence. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I remember in my junior high, I went, I went to like elementary school, one to six then seven, eight, nine junior high, and then 10 to 12 high school. I don't know why I had to explain all that, but I remember in junior high grade seven, eight, all the like really mean, pretty girls can't relate would wear the like lowest rise jeans ever in a size like too small undo the top button and roll it over so it was even lower and the tag would stick out to show you how small their fucking gene size was. Are you serious. Yeah. And they all had those thick, chunky highlights. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like the thicker the highlight, the meaner they were, you know? <laughs> so. Honestly, it was, it was a time and it's, it's interesting to see it happen again with that, like early 2000s, late nineties fashion coming back. Cause I've always really liked it. Um, some of it is like hard cringe. I think like early two thousand, like kind of later 2000s, like 2007, 2008 was like hard cringe. It got really
0: wholesome. When did, when did the jean when did the skirt over top of the jeans situation start happening? Cause like that should just die where it, where it laid. I think
1: that was like 2004, five-ish around Mm -hmm. then. Because when you think about it, there was like, early 2000s was kind of like millennium fashion, right? Like I remember, I just, I dressed exclusively out of Zellers. Yes. (laughs) And Byway, RIP Byway. Um, But I remember, like, all my friends who could actually fit into clothes would shop at, like, Limité or, like, Le Chateau. And it was all those, like, sparkly tops and, like, rubber yes. bracelets and flare jeans. Yeah. And then I remember reading about this, actually, but apparently in, like, kind of 2005, 2006, 7, fashion got really kind of wholesome because so many celebrities ha- went to like rehab and had DUIs. They had to clean up their image. So then everyone was like dressing, like they were wearing the thick headband and pearls.
0: Ashley and- Pizdale. It was like her moment to shine.
1: Yeah. I remember her. So yeah, this is what I mean by being regressing. Cause this is the shit I've been thinking about. Like what was
0: cool? What wasn't cool? I was literally just thinking about like where I used to, or where my friends and I used to shop. The other day uh, somebody like somebody shared a video that I ended up sharing myself where it was like a a girl getting ready for her grade 8 dance and she like flat irons just the front pieces of her hair leaves the entire back of her head doesn't flat iron it at all wears an extra long tank top and then she puts over like a v-neck t-shirt and she makes sure that like the tank top comes really low underneath the v-neck and like you could see it through and I was dying because I remember so many times as a kid going to the Oshawa Center with my girlfriends, and we would go to Urban Behavior and Senza Girl and all of these stores that don't exist anymore. And they would buy all of these like really cute outfits, but like, you know, kind of risque for our age group. And my ass would be at McDonald's and then it would be at Yogan And then with whatever money I had left over, I went to the bulk barn to get candy to go home with. that was it I and I was always like why can't I dress as cute as my friends and my friends would be like because you spend all your money on food at the mall and I was like oh yeah
1: actually I'm not gonna stop the first time I've gone to the mall
0: with you you're
1: just at the food court (laughs) nothing's changed I think I think many years ago I was trying to find a dress for our old salon's Christmas party and you and another lovely friend of us who listens to this podcast was that Jess they came with us. And I just remember you were like, yo, I'm going to the food court. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to McDonald's. I'm going to a Bye. I'm like, okay. Because
0: my favorite part of any mall is the food court. Cause there's so many options. And I usually want to order from like three places at once. <laughs> well,
1: I was a big, um, a, a frequent visitor of the promenade mall in, in the burbs in, uh, Oh my Watt.
0: God. Yes. I remember the promenade. I've been there a few times.
1: And I pretty much, that was kind of like our entire life, like going, and then my high school was next to a mall as well, next to Centerpoint Mall, possibly the most depressing mall in Toronto, I will say,
0: but More, I remember, more depressing than Lawrence Square?
1: Yeah, on par, on okay. par. Yeah. <laughs> like the most consistent place there is the pickle barrel. So, you know, it's like not much happening. Yeah. But I, I remember Promenade Mall, we, they were like the wishing well fountains. And we used to fish out all the coins from them and buy candy with them. (laughs) It was like a daily activity and just, yeah, just getting stoned and going to the Promenade Mall, going to the $4 movies, going to New York Fries. (laughs) My God,
0: New York Fries. Yeah. Does that even exist anymore?
1: It does. Yeah. I I still wonder, they still have that cheesy dip for their fries. I used to love that shit. It was amazing.
0: Is that like, is that like the cheesy dip that Tostitos makes?
1: Yeah, it was like a hot queso cheesy and get a big thing of fries and just go to town. Mm-mm. I love the food court, too. So I f- mm. I feel you.
0: It never disappoints. There's always something there for you. I'm like all the stores we go into.
1: It's true. I was like so excited to take my grandma to the Eaton Center food court. <laughs> she was like, where am I? Why are we downstairs? We have food at home. I made pierogies.
0: <laughs> You're like look at all these foods of the world, grandma. And she's like, I have pierogies at home. I'll make you some borscht. Let's go.
1: Pretty much. I was really trying to get her cultured on, on our level. <laughs> I need you to be, if you're going to see me and Sam as a client, you need to be gourmet like us. So what is it, grandma? Manchu walk or sparrows? <laughs> <laughs> Just okay. oh. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what we've been up to. It's been a really stressful week, I think, because everyone in our industry and similar industries is waiting for a reopening date. Ontario is popping off of the reopening. Doug Ford is being more vague than a Toronto fuckboy from Liberty Village. <laughs> you know, he'll tell you to stay home in fucking 69 languages, but he won't tell you when you can come out in <laughs> I got so mad when he did that fucking language thing. I don't know. It really sent me like
0: it was brutal. It was so brutal.
1: It's like, hi, Doug Ford. Immigrants speak English because we have to like, don't good. we know we need to stay home. Maybe um, make literally anything make sense in English and we'll follow. But it was just stressful because that, you know, the announcement was like, Yeah, some places are going to reopen. Some are not. We're not sure. Hang tight. We don't know. There's another announcement coming. We don't know when. And then another announcement came midweek and more places were allowed to open. And it's it's very, very, very anxiety inducing. I think we're all waiting with with bated breath. So I'm not quite sure. And then there's speculation. Some people are gung ho ready to open like February 23rd because we're supposed to that's when we're supposed to get our announcement. Some people are, you know, then there's speculation that we're still going to be in the gray zone when that announcement is made and the kids are going back to school. And it's just such a fucking confusing clusterfuck shit show. And I've had it.
0: I, um, I've been really frustrated with the whole thing, obviously, as well. And I just like the fact that we had to go into a second lockdown. I'm just like, make it worth it then. Yeah. Make it so that when we come out of this lockdown, we don't go back into a third lockdown.
1: Which is what they're saying now, third wave and variants. There's different variants, Australian variant. I don't fucking know. Look, I'm not a pathologist, but
0: it's just it's just stupid. Like I just don't understand why it's like you can't just lock everybody down, give everybody the resources that they need to make sure that everybody can survive this together. And and then everybody will follow the rules. And like also, but like also like politicians and rich ass motherfuckers also need to follow the rules because it's like it's become so blatantly obvious that the rules only apply to like middle and lower class people and that if you have the money like like for instance, look at that couple from BC that took a private jet to the the remote community in the Yukon to get vaccinated and they pretended like they worked at like a cafe or something and took vaccines from people who are who actually needed they were taking it from an, a native community there. Right. And then it's like you look at what the you look at what the the fine was, is it was like a maximum fine of seven hundred and fifty dollars and possibly up to six months of jail time or something. And it was like this guy's a billionaire. Seven hundred and fifty dollars is like a it's like a drop in the pond. It's like a penny to this guy like that. He, he wouldn't even notice that he pay it three times over to make sure he does. not Like his lawyers will make sure he'll never go to jail. And it's just it's just so incredibly maddening or like telling people not to go to their cottages, but Doug Ford's up there all the time at his own cottage. Right. And I'm just like, people are losing their minds because the people who are telling us that we need to follow the rules, aren't following the rules themselves. And, and so people are like, well, why, why do we have to do this and lose our minds and you don't have to do this? Like it just, it's like, that whole make it make sense thing. Right. Like it's just,
1: Well, you know, I think the quote that comes to mind is if nothing's sacred, nothing is worth saving, right? Like if there's no importance placed on anything, no one's leading by example, then nobody gives a shit and they just do whatever you want. And then you have chaos and you can't control the situation. Yeah. People are going to, people aren't going to see the merit of staying home when they see the people telling them to stay home, going out. People aren't going to listen and not go see their family when they're told that they can now go to a store at a 25% capacity to reopen the economy, people are going to say, I don't give a fuck about the economy anymore. I want to hug my mother for the first time this year. And it doesn't make sense to them because we're trying to, we're trying to include the economy. We're trying to, they're kind of trying to make everything work and nothing's working. You know, it's like jack of all trades, master of none, like a finger in every pot. It doesn't work because nothing is structured. There's just, oh, we'll give you a little bit of money. Don't give them money. We'll reopen this, but don't reopen that. And then, and that's why it doesn't make sense. So if you're feeling really frustrated and nothing makes sense, it's because it doesn't. You know, it's because it's unprecedented. I, I hate that word. I'm sick of hearing it. But you, you, people are like, well, why is Manitoba reopening this and Ontario's not opening this? Well, who's funding Ontario? Who's funding Manitoba? Who's funding BC, right? You just got to follow the coin. And I think we're reaching a point now where everyone's just had it. Everyone's like, everything is bullshit.
0: Yeah. Like, like what are we supposed to believe? Because everything's contradicting each other.
1: Yeah, and, and you, you like- even go on a on a bigger scale, and everything feels like bullshit. You know, with with Wall Street, with ha- what happened with the stock GameStop. GameStop, yeah, like that was fucking crazy. I think just things like that are going to keep happening because. I'm going to sound cuckoo here, but the veil is getting pulled back. Like, I think for a very, very long time for everybody, the map became the territory. Everything became about the placeholder for the thing and not the thing. And now we keep having these rude awakenings over and over again to understand that, like, fuck the economy. What about human lives? why do these rules apply to some people and not others? Why this is just an arbitrary game of numbers. You know, people are going to roast astrology, but they're really going to believe in the fucking stock market and think that it's fair. So I think with right now we've got five planets in Aquarius at one point, we had six. I don't know if a seventh one is going to join. We had the new moon in Aquarius, the latest new moon um, just a few days ago. So, this is a time for Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, which is the planet of revolution. That's it. And if you look at um, astrologically at everything else going on, there's a lot of squares happening between different planets, Venus squaring Mars. Um, I believe Venus squared Pluto a while ago. And a square is a 90 degree angle when planets are 90 degrees away from each other. So the energy between them is not harmonious. It's challenging. It's challenging. So everything is challenging something else and we're supposed to grow from that and and, and kind of use that as a push to, I, I mean, no matter how much you believe in it, you've got to be feeling it in some way. This is just a pattern system that works for my brain Mine too. and Sam's brain. You know, you you might use something else to understand that on a, on a macro or microscopic level. But at the end of the day, a lot of big changes are coming because everybody's getting fed up, I think. A lot of people I know are ending their changing their careers, ending their relationships, moving. Like everybody's moving. People are people moving out of the city. People realizing that what they've been doing for a long time might not serve them anymore. And that's okay. It's just, it's a time of growth, but growth is so painful. So there's a collective pain in the air too. I can feel it when I talk to anybody, I'm like, you're hurting, bud. Like, you know, I'll just say it to people. I'm like, you're having a tough time. They're
0: like, ah, oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. I, um, I actually, I came across an article the other day that was on the telegraph. Um, and like most news websites, you have to pay for a subscription to read their articles. So I didn't actually get to read the article on their website, but this, uh, doctor, sorry, I'm just going to see if I can pull it up quickly. Um, this doctor Like she has her doctorate. I don't know if she's like actually a medical doctor, um, but she does work in disaster zones and she's been doing it for years. She wrote an article back in September about how to overcome the wall you're going to be hitting in September over the pandemic. It was basically like this expert on disaster zones teaches you how to deal with this crisis. Her name is Dr. Aisha Ahmad. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that entirely properly. But so the article is called How to Power Through the Six-Month Crisis Wall by an Expert in Disaster Zones. And because I couldn't read the actual article, I was like, I'm going to try to find another way to read it. I'll just like Google the name and see if it's available somewhere else. I ended up finding her Twitter and she had a whole thread from September kind of summarizing the article. And I'll, I'll link it to the the podcast uh, in like the coming days so that people can read it if they're interested. But it was just really interesting to see how she was basically just like, it's that same bullshit with the unprecedented word, but like we're living in a situation that our bodies aren't accustomed to that, you know, they're not designed to be able to handle. And so you need to learn how to be gentle with yourself and take the rest you need in order to be able to power through because it does get better. And it's, it's all about kind of, you know, remembering that there is going to be another side to this and having hope and, and continuing to hold on to that. Um, Because I mean, at the end of the day that sometimes it just feels like that's all we have, right? Like all we have is just each other and the hope that one day this will just all be in the past. Yeah. Um, And it's so important to just like, try to keep that in your mind when everything else starts weighing on you too. Right.
1: Yeah. I always try to do this exercise and I, always bug my friends with it as well. I'm sure I drive people fucking crazy saying this, but I'm like, zoom out. Like, it's so important to see things on a, just a little bit of a bigger scale, like zoom out five more years. You know what I mean? Like when when you're having a shitty week, you zoom out to five years, you're having a shitty year. You zoom out to a decade, having a shit decade, zoom out to a lifetime and you can keep going. You know, again, I'm going to sound like a fucking hippie dippy here, but I remember when I took ayahuasca, (laughs) <laughs> hey yo <laughs> one of the times I took ayahuasca and I was having this really sad experience um thinking about we actually we drove by a factory farm on the way to the uh place where we took we did the ayahuasca ceremony for anyone who doesn't know it's a it's a really powerful psychedelic healing medicine from Peru and so it's like a religious ceremony and it's meant to be healing and purging. And anyways, I was just having a really hard time with the imagery of driving by this factory farm and it was making me so sad. And, and my, my brain was like, we need to find a way to cope with this right now, because it's the only thing on your mind right now. How are we going to do it? And I, I started to zoom out on, on on thinking about lifetimes on the scheme of like a tree, You know what I mean? Like one human lifetime to a tree or one animal lifetime or one karmic cycle. Like there's always, it's ever expanding. The universe is ever expanding. So no matter how long anything feels, it can be longer. There's always longer and further. And like, you know, it's a head fucky concept, but it's the only thing that gets me through sometimes. I'll be honest to just keep thinking, okay. Okay. 20 years. Okay. Even after I'm dead, what about that tree? What about that river? What about that mountain? What about the cosmos and just keep going? I can keep going forever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because life or the world, like the existence just keeps going forever. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, there was, um, I was watching a YouTube video about this woman. Oof. I can't remember her name or anything. She was a CEO of a tech company, very successful, very wealthy, And she ended up dying under very mysterious circumstances, driving out in her car and just dying. I believe this was in California. She was in perfect health. Um, And the last words that came out of her was a phone call to her parent where she said, how did she phrase it? She was like, it's basically she saw the matrix. She was like, it's all a simulation. She was like, it's all a simulation. Nothing is real. I've seen it. I can feel it. I'll link it too because this is nuts.
0: So yeah, I want to watch the shit out of that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So there is quite mysterious. I mean, some people were like, maybe she had underlying psychosis, but she was working with some VR companies and stuff like that. Um, So I've been thinking about simulations a lot. I mean, I already do, but. (laughs) You know, just a bit more and just kind of get, if you're having a lot of really intense thoughts right now that are like extraterrestrial, ultra terrestrial, like hardcore existential, that's the Aquarius energy actually affecting you right now. So you know what, you should just feel lucky that that's not you all the time, because that's literally my brain 24 (laughs) seconds. Having lots of
0: Aquarius placements, I'm just, I can go so meta and so out of it. Um, you relate a lot to that guy from the History Channel with the crazy hair who's just always like, aliens.
1: Oh, I love that guy. Yeah. I can't remember. His name is very, something very Greek. I can't remember his name, but um, yeah, our, our Lost Alien episode that we will release one day, some, some <laughs> quotes from him. But yeah, so if you're thinking about weird shit like aliens and simulations and underground colonies mothmen it's totally fine it's just the aquarius life and if you want to ghost people constantly very very appropriate for this time
0: i've been actually thinking a lot about space recently as well i mean like partially it's because i'm watching ancient aliens on netflix but the other part is that um the united arab emirates China and the States have all sent rovers to Mars recently, like all within this month. There's like a a two week window that happens once every couple of years where I guess like it's the closest Mars is to earth. So that's when things get sent and the United Arab Emirates and China have both released pictures and videos of Mars um, from their rovers that they sent. And so I've just kind of been like, watching that sort of stuff you know smoking a little weed putting on some space shit on the tv uh, <laughs> oh it's been great that's
1: awesome oh I'm back on the weed by the way oh thank god I'm <laughs> just kidding it is getting so fucking weird sober it was <laughs> too much it was too much like I think a lot of people assume that I'm into astrology and shit like this because I smoke weed but the weed actually helps me be more rational <laughs> it just slows everything down so I went from being like you know Anya on like medium speed to like Anya at hyper speed I mean I got to a point where I just wasn't sleeping I wasn't eating I was like fucking reading like writing notes and reading all these books and I had like three tarot decks going that I was cross-referencing and I was like maybe I'll make my own tarot deck because none of these like have this symbol like just fucking crazy shit like texting my friends and be like by the way this transit and this trans is gonna happen this is probably your deepest childhood trauma because of where chiron is on your chart they're just like can you like how are you where the fuck have you been
0: (laughs) just texting people out of the blue about their childhood
1: trauma yeah Yeah. just just fucking full-on you know just no no holds barred so my husband was like he's like I don't know how to say this but he's like I think you need to smoke weed (laughs) Right. So I'm still moderating. I'm still, you know, taking it easy, but it's actually been nice to be able to shut my brain down a little bit. I've never properly been diagnosed with ADHD, but it's not all Gucci in there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> right. Um, so even my therapist was like, how's the, uh, and I'm like, <laughs> but it's all backwards. Do you want to hear it? Like just fucking banana shit. And it really, that it really is how I was, you know, speaking of regressing and retrogrades is really how I was as a teenager. Um, until I started smoking weed. You know, I it was just too much. It was too intense. It was too much all the time for, even for me. Yeah. You know, like I was saying to one of my friends, uh, um, one of my best friends, sometimes I'll call her and she's like, Oh fuck. It's going to be a seven hour conversation. Like there's no getting out. Of this.
0: <laughs> she just puts you on the speakerphone and puts the phone down. And every once in a while I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, she'll call me and be like, Hey, how's it going? How you been? We
1: haven't talked in a while. And then, and then it's like four in the morning And I'm telling her that I have made a pact with the void because I've seen it. And that's why I wear black. (laughs) Like, that's a conversation we had. (laughs) Yo, I don't know the job either. Call me. I want to have these conversations. Anytime. Anytime. But, you know, you you and I have a very air sign relationship where we just, like, we won't talk for two weeks and then we'll, like, shit post memes to each other for 12 hours straight. And then just go through. And then... Yeah. And then like talk about our deepest and darkest
0: secrets and then just like
1: have an awkward call. Like, it's just all over the place.
0: Um. I feel like that's how I also communicate with a lot of people. And maybe that is just the air sign in me, but like, I have a hard time maintaining relationships with people. If I can't just like send them stupid shit on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like my, my mom asked me like a little while ago, she's like, Oh, have you talked to Tori recently? My younger sister. And I was like, I mean, we haven't really actually exchanged any words in the last few days, but we've been sending each other memes and responding to each other in that sense. So like, I know she's alive if that's what you're asking.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. But you you can tell how someone's doing by the memes they send you.
0: Yeah. Also,
1: you know, but I think um, when it comes to air signs, so that's Gemini, Aquarius, Libra, we're not the best communicators. I think Libra would be the best one out of the three. Um, but Libra has a hard time saying no and being confrontational. I think Gemini has the easiest time being confrontational. <laughs> That's just I'm just going to put it here. But in like a passive aggressive, like snap in your face kind of way. Um, You know, but we have a hard time with consistency because we don't really use our emotions to navigate situations. Doesn't mean we don't have them, but it's always cerebral. And sometimes there's just no need to talk. And sometimes there's a need to talk a lot. And the subject might not be an emotional subject. So if you have a lot of air sign friends or you have a lot of air placements in your chart and you think that you're a shit communicator, you probably are. <laughs> It's okay to acknowledge that and to try to work through it um, because a lot of people don't understand that. You know, I think a lot of people just expect you to completely respond, like to, to match their energy. And if they're a very chatty sign, or if they're a very expressive sign, you know, uh, my husband's a Leo perfect example. And he's like, can you talk? I'm like, no, not today. Like, it's not going to happen. Or I'm like, if we are going to talk, it's not going to be about what you want me to talk to you about. It's going to be what I want to fucking talk about, which is aliens. So let's go. Let's rumble. I don't even know where I was going with this, but basically, yeah, it's, it's hard for, it's hard for air signs to remain consistent sometimes. I mean, I don't want to call myself inconsistent. I prefer ephemeral. <laughs> That's nice way of putting it right so that's what it is that's what it is I'm just going with it I'm starting to really accept that about myself and my queer nature is that it's not always it's there's range there's range honey
0: <laughs> I just I'm all over the place and I'm like that's how I describe it because I'm all over the place which is fine which yeah. is
1: fine. I think this is where understanding um astrological archetypes really helps with seeing people's strengths and shortcomings in terms of how they communicate and this is why you can go really deep into someone's chart and be like where is their mars where is their venus and how does that reflect how they act how they love depending what the, the the meaning of the celestial body is like it took me a really long time to figure out that one of my placements is uh, venus in aquarius and it just it just means that you're shit at communicating to people that you love basically i mean it's always a much more kind of cerebral like word playing weird fucking send each other articles and music as opposed to me like i really like you these are my feelings so works really well and because my husband's venus is in cancer he's the most patient understanding person ever but other people that i've dated they were just like what the fuck are you dead inside and like i am but also my venus is in aquarius
0: so that's why bitch
1: <laughs> get over it anyway this episode no script
0: <laughs> is there ever
1: a script? <laughs> there's always like some bullet points but you know our last episode was really heavy we really appreciate everybody listening to our hatred for bell let's talk and joining in and sharing We've had a lot of people share the episode and um share some feedback as well which is uh very
0: appreciated yeah i i We, yeah, we got a lot of very kind messages and that was very appreciated because I know episode two, we called vulnerability hangover, but Lord, the vulnerability hangover I had after that episode, I was like, I'm just going to hide for a few days, maybe a week. And uh, yeah, I'll just hope for the best. And then people started messaging me and being like, yo, that was actually really good. And I was like, oh shit. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right. Maybe I don't need to hide for a full week.
1: (laughs) It was hard, I think, because in our trigger warning, we obviously mentioned that we it's not something we want casually brought up, some of the traumatic things that we shared personally about ourselves. So I think everyone was really quiet and cautious to start the conversation with us. But at the same time, we needed to hear some kind of feedback also to understand how it was perceived. And your girl does not like being perceived. So <laughs> Do not perceive me don't don't fucking do it I'll be so mad if you perceive me ill but so we were just like what like how are people I listened to it like three times and I'm like oh how could people misconstrue this and how could people misunderstand this and how could people use this against me you know but luckily no one said a single bad thing and everyone was really supportive and appreciative which is great because we have that means we have a great community here You know, we will just be more comfortable talking about mental health and our mental health experiences going forward like we don't already, but buckle up, trauma queen (laughs) in the house.
0: You guys didn't tell us to shut the fuck up, so we're going to keep going. Yep.
1: basically, that's that's the way it goes. So we just kind of wanted to get this episode in to give you guys a bit of relief, a little shit chat, um, and just catch up between the two of us see what the fuck is going on um, and if you're feeling kind of weird to remind you that it's totally fine. it's just the entire cosmos fucking with you and giving it to you as always,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: what the fuck else is going on, Sam, what have you been up to? any
0: any pop culture for me? Screech is dead also right? what I mean that that was i'm I'm like relieved for him that it was so quick in a sense, right? like getting diagnosed with stage four cancer and then being gone within a few weeks of that like most people can't really ask for a swifter way to for it to end but yeah my condolences to his his family and his loved ones um
1: I was obsessed with saved by the bell as a teenager it was
0: like yeah I was so into it I don't know why it was so wholesome I didn't I didn't really get into Saved by the Bell, but you know what? I was a big, like, family channel, like, Disney kid. Like, I was, like, very, like, Lizzie McGuire, mm. which I guess is, like, I mean, at the time that Saved by the Bell was on air, I don't even know what, what I was watching, like, Sailor Moon and, like.
1: It was always, it was always on when I came home for lunch, I think. So I'd always watch it and eat my lunch at home because my school was pretty close. I was into it. It was like a very consistent thing in my life. So I was, yeah, I'm sad for Screech. R.I.P. Screech.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: He had some rowdy times in his life, but who hasn't? We all have a little Screech in us. Yeah.
0: None of us are angels. Um, what's something that happened it's Like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. I don't know if you know who either of those people are. I do. <laughs> oh, I really do. They've been dating since July. NGK recently came out with like a photo I guess or something as like I don't know if this was like a Valentine's thing but he now wears a vial with her blood in it around his neck like very like Billy Bob Thornton Angelina Jolie style for him was like also obnoxious like the I was just like I cool I get it you two are very hot and you're in love and that's great but like just be chill about it like why can't you just be chill about it why do you need to put these vomit inducing poems on your instagram do you want to wear vials of each other's blood yeah i'm down. yeah is that <laughs> is that covid safe do you think that follows protocol we'll
1: figure it out we'll find a way if anyone if any of our nurse friends can figure out a way to extract our blood and exchange it um it in a way that i won't pass out <laughs> yeah true true yeah do it by tattooing sam please
0: I I've, I've fainted from tattooing as well. Oh, good.
1: Yeah. It's good to be see, consistent. And they say Gemini's are not. live. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the moment that a needle's involved. Oh, my God. Well,
1: what else is uh, been happening with pop culture? The, the Free Britney, uh, Framing Britney documentary came out. I haven't finished it yet, but it's. Oh, no.
0: I uh, I, I watched it. I actually, I panicked. I remember the first night that I saw that it was out. It was available to be watched on YouTube. And then like the next day I went to watch it and it had been taken down from YouTube. And there was a link that it was up and working on Reddit. And then I was like, okay, I don't have time to watch it today. The next day after that went to watch it on that Reddit link and that was taken down. And so by the time I finally found it, I was like, I'm sitting down right now and watching this because I don't know if I'll find another working link after this. Yeah. I don't know how far you got. So I'll let you talk about it.
1: I haven't seen a lot of it um, just because I keep getting distracted by thinking about the simulation, but, but I've seen a lot of like deep dives on her conservatorship and all the stuff going on. So I, I have a pretty general idea of what's going on. And it's, it's really quite sad. I know not I think Netflix are doing something about it as well. So
0: hmm.
1: I don't know. I mean, they're like, Oh, we might as well bring awareness and exploit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it right. Exploited enough. Yeah. And so it's quite a sad thing, but I, I'm glad it's, in um it's in the in the public verse because I feel like it was a very niche thing that was happening for a while
0: yeah yeah I felt like every when I, there were only like a few people that I would bring up like the free Britney thing too and they would actually respond having no like knowing what I was talking about most people be like oh yeah yeah I haven't seen Britney in a while yeah anyway she burned around her gym that one time remember and I'm like ah yeah I know
1: <laughs> yeah You know, and it's something that I think we had to collectively learn with Brittany because even I would make kind of jokes about her breakdown and her mental health as a mentally ill person who's experienced someone very close to them go through the same thing because it was so publicly trivialized. Like, it was just like you'd go to a store and there'd be a mug that would say like, oh, if Brittany survived 2007, you can survive today on like a wine glass or whatever. You know, like everyone had T-shirts with her shaved head and I think with celebrities, we just, we think just because somebody has money, they don't deserve a single ounce of empathy. Right. And I think honestly, like eat the rich, but respect humanity. Like that should occur. Oh my God. Yeah. It's pretty sad.
0: Yeah. I agree. Oh, I watched the, um, the Cecil hotel documentary recently. I don't know if you've seen that yet. What's that? Uh, so it's this new thing on Netflix it's like a four-parter and it's all about I don't know if you remember back in 2012 there was a uh, young Canadian girl from BC who traveled to California and she went missing
1: oh and
0: God. it became like national maybe international news um, and three weeks after she went missing her body was found in the water one of the water towers on the rooftop of the hotel she was staying in yes yeah And this like, this like security camera footage of her in an elevator went viral because she was acting very erratic. And people were like, is this hotel haunted? Was she being followed by somebody? What was going on? Honestly, my overall opinion of the whole documentary is that it's garbage. Um, There's, so there's four episodes, the first three episodes, one of the detectives that was on the case got a a little bit of time, screen time talking about the case. The manager of the hotel at the time, she got a little bit of screen time talking about the case. But besides that, everybody they interviewed were just YouTubers who were like hooked on this as a conspiracy. And all they did was just interview these YouTubers who had just like devoted their lives to just like watching and rewatching this security camera footage of her in the elevator. Some of these people even like went so far as to like go to the hotel and like explore it as if they were the detectives. And it was really sad because a bunch of uh, all these YouTubers, they actually ended up um targeting this this metalhead from Mexico and blasted him as the murderer of Elisa Lamb, ruined his life. He hasn't written a song, played any music since that since this incident happened. And he it, it like that was like an actual witch hunt that happened to him. and And it was all because he had posted a video of him at the Cecil Hotel. I guess maybe it was late from when he went, but he like, anyways, watch it if you want. It's the the last episode is really good because they talk about mental health. They talk to actual experts and people who are involved in the case a lot, Um, but it's also a really good episode because it talks about, you know, this mob mentality that happens on the internet and how people can destroy people's lives with no proof of anything And so that was really powerful. But overall, the Hotel Cecil thing was a bunch of garbage.
1: Okay, so I'll skip it. The thing, everyone wants to be a fucking expert in everything because we all have the internet, right? We all have so many tools at our fingertips. And it's great to be well-versed in everything and be able to be independent. But I think we need to remember that we're not fucking detectives. You know, we can't play Nancy Drew and ruin people's fucking lives. And it happens all the time. It was like um, with that serial podcast, you know, it kind of changed everything. Um, listen
0: to it. It,
1: it was like, like the first podcast to really break the public. And it was about one specific case about a murder in Baltimore that a young man was convicted for where allegedly he murdered his high school girlfriend. However, nothing was really adding up. So it was them revisiting the case. It was done by like um, this American life. So it was quite a high budget podcast and it was really interesting. I listened to it. I really enjoyed it. But a lot of people automatically starting to suspect, cause it was kind of his ex-girlfriend. They just broke up and she started dating this other guy that she worked with at like a shoe store or whatever and a lot of people were like just assumed it was the new boyfriend and like people were literally printing t-shirts being like bill did it and like selling it you know and stuff like that and it's it's very different from the carol baskin thing because she at least she you know allowed herself to be in the documentary she knew what kind of what she was getting into but With this, it was, they just talked about this guy. He was never interviewed or anything on the podcast. And literally everybody was like, he did it. He did it. He did it free um, Adnan, who was the guy who was convicted. And they were like, free Adnan. It was this guy instead. So there was t-shirts, there was campaigns. And it's like, imagine being that guy. It's been like, it's been like over 12 years at this point. He's just living his life, doing whatever. He logs in on the internet one day and it literally, People you've never met on Twitter are like selling t-shirts saying that you murdered your ex-girlfriend, you know, that was found dead in the fucking woods in the park in Baltimore tr- being triggered and being told that you were the murderer. Like, I mean, maybe he was, I don't know. I never followed up, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a phenomenon where everybody bonds in.
0: It's so true. It's so true. And like, and like, it's like all, all people do are just like, it's not like everybody's guilty of it, but like, if you talk, if I'm thinking about it from like a political spectrum, like every, everybody on the political spectrum is guilty of it at some point, whether it's like Hillary Clinton eats or Anderson Cooper drinks, fucking the blood from babies and shit like that. Right. And people need to remember that they're not professionals. And uh, unfortunately with the, the internet, anybody has the ability to ruin somebody else's life. And, and I've seen it firsthand in people I know they've had their lives absolutely destroyed or they, or people have attempted to absolutely destroy people's lives all through the internet with no proof of anything. And it's like, you you can't just, you can't just do this to people. Like people have a right to live, I'm you see- know, like you, they have a right to be able to like keep their job, what are you trying to drive people to homelessness? Like it, that we're in a housing a homelessness crisis right now. Why are you trying to put more people in a situation where that's going to happen? I just think boredom yeah, is chaos, right? And we're all a little bit bored. A buddy of mine said, said the idle hands are the devil's play thing to me once. And I was like, that really st- stuck with me. Cause he was talking about himself as a teenager. He got into a lot of shit so he he joined a lot of sports teams and things like that and he was like i had to idle hands are the devil's play thing and i was like it's so true it's
1: Yeah. like i went full insane and evil as a teenager cuz i had nothing to do <laughs> yeah. like full full fucking evil like i was up to some weird fucking shit because there's nothing to do and i how can i cause a fucking ruckus and i think we're seeing that on a much bigger scale right now cuz we're all a bunch of bored teenagers so you know, I think we all need to remember to take it easy and I think to focus a little bit more internally here. If, if you're doing deep investigations, a great subject, the self. <laughs> In fact, the best subject is the you wanna, self. You know, you want to try to find a, a dox other people. Why not do some shadow work? Why not dox yourself for the piece of shit that you are?
0: god you know, i did so much shadow work during the first lockdown and i like came out of it feeling like a new fucking human being
1: yeah i feel like i'm in it now i feel like i'm i'm coming to terms with some of the things that i got into and did when i was younger that older me is like what the fuck and now that i'm turning 32 i have to let that person not die but i have to be like okay let him go let him go. i'm like i'm done with you i don't need you anymore i don't need to be guarded. I don't need to be this. I just don't need to be this person anymore. So it kind of feels good, but it it feels sad at the same time because you're losing a part of yourself. It's being replaced with something new. So
0: I remember as a, as a teenager, I always was like, I'm never going to be like those other adults who just like totally forget about who they were when they were younger. And like, you know, they, they're not willing to do the fun things they used to do as a kid and this, that, whatever. And like, now that I'm older, I'm like, it's not so much about Not being fun anymore. It's just understanding that, like, there's so much more going on inside yourself as well as outside of yourself, and learning how to live your life to the best possible ability you can while also not hurting others and, like, having consideration and empathy for others. And so, I know in some ways, like, my teenage self would be very disappointed in who I am now. And in a lot of ways, I'm like, if I were to meet my teenage self now, I'd probably punch her in the face. So
1: I, I wouldn't even know what to do. I wouldn't even know what to do with my teenage self because, you know, and I felt like that too. It was like, I never want to stop being fun. And it's like me having fun back then was like self-medicating and dissociating And just, just doing reckless shit because I didn't have the resources to get better. And I do now. So yeah, there's the, that fun question mark fun gets replaced with something else.
0: Yeah. I can't Uh, just do MDMA for the rest of my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For real, like you can't, you know, and, and I had that moment when I was younger where I realized I had to get my shit together and I was quite lucky that it happened early on in my life because I was partying with people significantly older than me. And I, and I saw these people, you know, in their thirties and they were still doing, and I was like, I look, I'm allowed to do this shit because I'm young and stupid. Like you have rent, you know, like you, you're aging, like your body can't handle this anymore. You know, there's only so many cells that can regenerate this quickly. Like you never want to be the oldest one at the rave, you know, never.
0: No. I remember I, I, uh, a, a buddy of mine whose house we used to go to all the time. And that was kind of like where we would like get pretty fucked up. And I remember there was one time that like, you know, everybody dished out their party favors and he came up to me and he was like, don't let my mom know that like we're on anything. And I was like, that's weird. Cause like your mom's usually pretty chill about this. And he's like, I don't have any to give to her. So don't tell her that Ooh. like, don't tell her it was from me, this, that, whatever. And it was like in that moment where I was like, there's like being a cool mom. And then there's being like a too cool mom. And it was like kind of in that moment, I was like, yeah, sometimes parents need to actually just be strict and be party poopers because like, otherwise like shit goes south real fast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We had a friend who had like a cool mom, you know, that would just let her get it, let us get away with murder. And we'd always party at her house and like, we almost burnt our whole house down on acid. <laughs> <laughs> what? How? Well, we they just moved. They just moved apartments. So they had a bunch of boxes from moving on the balcony. And we were all um, tripping balls on acid. Anyway, we were all going out for cigarettes and joints on the balcony. And I guess someone dropped a butt on the cardboard. We went back inside. I remember we were trying to play dance, dance, revolution on acid. So you can imagine how well that was going. Anyway, we get, we hear a knock. On the door, and we're like all freaked out because our mom's not supposed to be home. No, we're not expecting anyone else. So we're like, what the fuck? So we open the door, and it's this Asian couple in their 40s, very well dressed, very polite, and they're like, Sorry, we couldn't help but notice your entire balcony is engulfed in flames, and we're laughing our asses off. We think this is the funniest thing ever. And so, anyway, they figured out that it was a house full of teenagers on something. And they put the fire out for us and the entire balcony was charred black.
0: Holy shit. Thank God for those people.
1: Yeah. Whoever they were, they were amazing. Yeah. So they, yeah, they extinguished the fire in the balcony and it was so big, Sam. It was so big. It was like a seven foot full on fire I don't know how they extinguished it like they were using pots and pans the husband was like commandeering was kind of amazing so (laughs) I'm sure it was extra amazing because you were on acid
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: but uh yeah it was it was an experience because after they left we're like okay thanks like no big deal like see you later and they were like okay bye it was very casual (laughs) And then the next day I remember waking up and I think that was maybe the first or only second time I I did acid and I wrote all over my arm, like, be calm. Like, don't worry if you have a, cause I was like so worried about having a bad trip. Whereas like a fire didn't stop me from having (laughs) it. I woke up and I'm like, be calm. Like everything is okay. Deep breaths. And I'm like, I call my friend, like, is there a fucking fire? He's like, bitch, there was
0: a fire. (laughs)
1: God. And her mom was just like, "What did you guys do?" We're like, "Sorry, we set the balcony on fire." She was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> just idle hands, man. Idle hands. So, exactly. anyway, the range of this episode yet again.
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> just feels I mean, all over.
1: This one is to rival episode six. One of my friends was like, "Oh, we." I listened to your uh, one of your episodes. It was really funny. I'm like, "Oh yeah, what what was that one about?" She was like ah, uh, mental illness. I'm like the bell one. She's like, no, with was some other one. <laughs> like, I was like, was screeching that one? She's like, yes. The one with mental illness and screech. <laughs> She's like the one where you tell people to do speed. I'm like, oh yeah, that classic. Yeah, so Nobody for speed. the next episode where we tell everybody to do psychedelics. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. That was going to be this episode, but we, we had, too much shit to talk. So, um, yeah, I think the next episode we can then definitely sit down and talk about that some more deep dive, maybe do our lost alien episode as well. I have pages of
0: research. I'm ready. I am too. No, I'm not ready. I'm never ready. <laughs> I am always like, let's just start talking and see where this goes. I'm like, I made a zoom call. Sam's so like, I'm just doing some
1: notes on the toilet. And I also need to drop this off at my mom's, and my my dad's coming by, and I have this, and I have that, and I'm locked out of the house, and Milo is now a dog, and he was a cat, and yeah, really (laughs) just words. We're we're showing up, so everyone appreciate. Anyways, this is long as fuck, for sure.
0: I'm sure it is. I can't tell. I can never tell how long we've been talking for.
1: (laughs) Anyone that gets tired of me talking. Imagine fucking being me. Honestly, just have some pity. Don't be upset. Just, just have some pity and empathy.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Cause but that's this, why I'm your friend.
1: This is just, this is just outer dialogue. Like the inner dialogue. There's like four. Yeah. This is just, yeah, this is just the easy breezy. Anyways, any last words, Sam, before we wrap this chaotic
0: shit up? But I'm, I'm, I don't have many words these days. it's like you said like it's all in my head and then when i go to use the word use the the words yeah it just doesn't translate that's because mercury's
1: in retrograde and we have two more days of aquarius season well until the 18th we're almost there and then we're going to go into pisces season so get ready to cry
0: Oh my God. I actually, I was going through my old, like my archive of Insta stories the other day. Cause I like wanted to repost something from last year. And I saw this, I saw um, this thing I had posted last year. It was just a meme. It said something like, somebody please get the moon out of Pisces. And I just died of laughter. Cause I'm like, Oh God, I can only imagine what kind of feelings I was feeling at the time that I posted that. Yeah. It's
1: going to be, it's going to be intense after a time of change. There's a time of reckoning and grief. So if you're letting go of a lot of painful things during this retrograde and during Aquarius season, where a lot of your, um, cognitive concepts are changing, maybe you're having the, the spiritual change, dark night of the soul, whatever. I don't want to say it's going to get better with Pisces season. It's not, but just, just let it out. And, you know, be, be with the water, just fucking cry and let her go and daydream a little bit and just soothe yourself because something, something big is going down and we're all going through it. So it's all good, boo.
0: Spring is on the other side of Pisces season.
1: Yes. That's (laughs) the sun is coming back. (laughs) Exactly. It's a mutable sign. So it's going to release all that old energy and then we will spring back into it with Aries season. So. we will see you guys on the next episode Peace. peace